Happy Election Day, Thomas. Yes, it is Election Day. Are you voting? Not yet, but I will. I will do it. I pick my wife up and we're going to go uh, around dinner time. How about you? Well, I don't think polls are open just yet. Are they 730? They open at 8, I think. I'm not sure exactly when they open. We'll definitely vote. Now, Thomas, I don't want to get on a preachy type of thing. And I'm not telling people who to vote for, Republican or Democrat. Just go out and vote. So many people died to give us the right to do this over the years of our great country. And, you know, just pick a candidate that you think is honest, isn't a rubber stamp for somebody else, and cares about your community and stuff like that. It's not that hard, is it, Thomas? It's not that hard. That's all. That's all I got to say. What Do you want to put your two cents I in, I think buddy? that pretty much says it all, young <laughs> Michael. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about another contrived controversy. Remember how every year people seem to get upset with Starbucks and their coffee cups? That seems to be a growing trend. Right. Last year, I don't know what people get upset about. You know, it's not like Jesus cares what the disposable coffee cups looks like, right? Well, I think he wants us to be, you know, good stewards of the planet, right? Yeah, but people got upset because the designs on them they didn't think was Christian-like. Well, anyway, Starbucks has come out with four new cups for this holiday season, and you can't argue with any of them. They're stars, they're stripes, they're flames— they're cherries, all with a seasonal feel to them. So, hello, holiday season, right, buddy? Apple pie and Chevrolet. <laughs> you know, analysts are saying the Starbucks doing this appears to be striving for a lukewarm medium. Kind of like their coffee, Thomas. <laughs> oh, they should put a picture of Jesus up there on the cross. Then that would satisfy everybody, right? Yeah, I don't think I want that on my coffee cup. But, you know, maybe these big mega churches that have their coffee houses indoors. You know, have you seen these mega churches? They're unbelievable. They have libraries. They have coffee houses. They have movie theaters. Did you know that? Yes, I, oh, I didn't know they had all those things, but I'm not a big fan of mega churches. I don't think you're a big fan of any kind of church, are you? Well, I think the kind of church you went to on Sunday, I have a lot of respect for, but... I'm not a big fan of these guys that, you know, have jets and live in giant mansions and ask their supporters to give so they can. Uh, I don't go for it. You know, me. I was going to a mega church until it became a MAGA church. <laughs> and then I stopped going. Yeah. You, and that's buddy. another thing. Don't get me started. I don't think the church should be a podium or have a platform for politics. I just don't. And that goes both ways. You know, I saw over the weekend Cory Booker appeared at a black church. And it was a big political rally inside a church. And I just think that's wrong. Because? The same reason that some of these white mega churches have become mega churches. Right. You know, I'm not going to church to hear some kind of political speech. Right. I'm going there to worship God. What was the sermon you heard on Sunday? Do you remember what the topic was? Yeah, it was all about growing older, which was kind of depressing, but <laughs> well, the Bible actually speaks to that. Well, we're not there yet. We got about 20 years, right, buddy? Hopefully. <laughs> you know, some <laughs> people get old early. I hope young Thomas and young Michael are <laughs> those two people because we're just over the border, just somewhere north of the millennial age group. That's all we're going to say, okay? Yes. But uh, getting back to Starbucks, I'm just, uh, it's good that now that they do these four new cups, all our problems have been solved, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's good to see also that that $5 cup of Joe is paying so much attention to political correctness. Isn't yeah. that a wonderful thing? I don't want to hear about their cups until they give us a new f 
proper frankincense latte, right? Frankincense latte. And I'm still offended by the 5,000 calories they put on top of your coffee. You've never really been a, a Starbucks kind of guy, right? I'm not a coffee guy because I've got a weak stomach. Yeah, you're a chai tea kind of guy. Well, just like Jesus. Jesus didn't drink coffee. He drank a tea. I knew for a fact he was a tea man. How do you know this? They didn't have coffee back then, did they? <laughs> I don't know. He was a tea man. Everybody in the Middle East was tea back in those days. Even today, they don't drink coffee that much. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, you, I don't think, have this problem because I'll tell you why. Are you ever spend much time on hold with customer service? Yeah, drives me crazy. Well, I'm surprised about that because, believe it or not, there's this new thing that they're finding. It's called CLV. Depending what your CLV is, you don't spend much time on customer hold because it's called customer lifetime vision. Here's what they do. Companies use their own metrics to determine clients. Like if you spend a lot, if you shop a lot, you don't return stuff. You what don't does have that CLV mean again? Customer lifetime vision. Lifetime? Yes. So what they're saying is if Thomas Kent goes on Amazon and does things or does other well, things. Wait a minute. Go ahead. I thought it meant customer likability vision. No, lifetime. Is it likability? Yes. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I can't read my own writing. Okay, and your point is? The point is they have all the stuff on you that says Thomas Kent does not complain. Thomas Kent does not send stuff back. He's a good client. So they have that in the system. So when you're on hold, they get to you quicker. Does that make sense? I haven't experienced that, and I got to believe that my CLV score is amazingly high for being, you know, just annoying as hell. That's what I think, because well, I'm only calling because I have a problem, right? Right. I usually start with diplomacy, but that doesn't work. I go straight to the four-letter words. Oh, <laughs> you're not nice. Well, <laughs> that, don't they hang up? Aren't there protocols? Don't they say you're supposed to hang up if somebody gets rude and right. vile and uses yeah. profanity. I, I would think so. I think my biggest complaint about customer service is, I don't know if, if it's happened to you a lot, but many times they outsource the, the customer service. Yeah, a lot of times uh, Philippines. That's Or India. Be, yeah, and, India, Philippines. And I try and be patient, but sometimes I can't understand what they're saying. I, I'm with you there. That's a real problem. I, I don't understand why any executive would want to have that for their clients to have to go through that because it's hard enough being on customer service with a regular USA person, but to have someone with an accent you can't understand and you're trying to solve your problem, it gets pretty frustrating, doesn't it? I just experienced that over the weekend. Do you know what Dish did? You know, we're Dish customers. They removed HBO and Cinemax from our, our cable. So you didn't see Ray Donovan on Sunday night? Well, that's Showtime. Oh, right. I did see Ray Donovan, and the new season is awesome, don't you think? Yeah. I hope he gets back into those tight suits with the white shirts, though. I don't like him as a lumberjack. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking pretty rough. He is pretty rough. I don't think he's been beaten up quite as much as the real-life Ray Donovan. That would be uh, Trump's former attorney. What's his name? Cohen? Yeah. What was your experience this, this week with customer service? Oh, yeah. Well, you know how they get into these disputes? Right. And they just take channels away from you that you're paying for, right? Yeah. So I called about that, and the person was in the Philippines, and I was having a heck of a time. And you know what I do when I'm having a hard time communicating with people? I just get extremely polite, you know, and even to the point where I'm somewhat condescending, Mm -hmm. and my wife is listening in the room. She's going, now, now. 
you know, because I'm actually, and I don't even realize I'm doing this. I'm actually talking down to the person because they can't understand me. And, you know, I would imagine that's more frustrating for the person on the other end than, you know, somebody being rude, but I right. could be wrong. Right. Start using baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you could get, try to identify with them. So you said it's the Philippines. You could say, hey, how about that Femelda Marcos? Huh? How about their shoe collection? Yeah, I think you're about 30 years off on that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did start to try to have a conversation with this person because I said, hey, is it true? I'm just curious about Philip. You know, before I got into this, I, I was breaking the ice talking about the time. I said, aren't you like 12 hours ahead of us? And oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, this was eight o'clock at night. So it would have been eight o'clock in the morning. So Saturday night, this is what I'm doing on Saturday night, right? So that means that it's eight o'clock on Sunday morning. I said, well, how's your Sunday going? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And then I said, hey, is it true that in Philippine culture, that if you have a guest over to your home and you're having a really good meal, that the guest is expected to let out a great big burp at the end of the meal. Is that true? It's absolutely true. And the person confirmed that because I used to think it was like an urban legend. Right. But that's actually true. Isn't it interesting that cultures can be so different from ours? Can you imagine going to somebody's house? You just had a great meal. At the end of the meal, you let out this humongous belch. I think my mother-in-law is Filipino. <laughs> That's wild. I never heard that, Tom. Well, did you get your, uh, were you satisfied with your the, the situation resolve itself? Well, the long and the short of it is there's nothing I can do about it. And they're supposed to give me a credit back on my bill for all my trouble. So, so right now see. you don't have HBO. I don't have HBO or Cinemax. Wow. Cinemax, I don't care that much about, but HBO. Although well, right- they come as a package for us, right. you know? right. And I think that's owned by Viacom, which is a CBS company, right? Yeah, Time yeah. Warner, I think. I'm not sure. No, that's AT&T. Oh, okay. Get your companies together. Tom and Mike. Over the weekend, this guy goes out hunting jackrabbits in New Mexico, okay? Mm-hmm. Goes from one end to another area, and he throws his shotgun in the back of his pickup truck in the back seat, and it's fully loaded. In the back seat also is a 120-pound Watt Rydler, a Rot Rydler, his, his dog, right? Mm-hmm. So- What's the dog do? The dog's paw hits the trigger, goes off, shoots the guy in the back. He doesn't die. So I guess that dog needs to spend more time on the range, right? That's a crazy story. First of all, who shoots jackrabbits with a shotgun? Wouldn't that kind of like tear the whole thing apart? You know, that's amazing to me because you're right. People go out and they shoot quail, you know, these little birds with shotguns. And, you know, they want to eat the quail. And actually, I've had quail. It's, it's a pretty good tasting bird. Right. But the one time I had quail, it was full of buckshot. Oh. And was that <laughs> hey, a restaurant? I mean, or who somebody? wants to eat around buckshot? Yeah. But uh, he still loves his dog. He says it's a good dog. He said it was just my mistake not putting a safety on. I feel I a know. joke coming on about a good dog with a good gun. <laughs> Right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Do I know you or what? <laughs> Maybe he needs to give that dog some better treats, right? That's right. So that's a strange story. But our tip for the day is when you go hunting jackrabbits, don't put a shotgun in the back seat with a big dog, right? And since it is Tuesday, our second tip is go vote. And our third tip is when you don't have anything else to do and you want to have some fun on the internet, go to our daily podcast, which is What's This World Coming To? Dot com, baby. Not baby, just dot com. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, I know you're a big royal fan, the, the Royals over in England, not the Kansas City Royals, the Royals. 
They have a new documentary out that sheds a light that I didn't know about Prince Charles. They say this guy is the most biggest diva there is in the royal family. Thomas, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Every day, Prince Charles has his pajamas there pressed. They press his shoelaces for him. Have you ever heard anybody having their shoelaces pressed? That is amazing, really? Yeah. The, so the, you have to take all the laces out, put them on an ironing board, and press them individually just to make this guy happy. Exactly. Can you imagine being this guy's valet? Well, it's funny you say that. The valet squeezes one inch of toothpaste on his brush every day. Seriously. He, they bring his own sheets wherever he travels because he wants to feel like he's at home. And I guess you can relate to this, my friend. He brings his own toilet seat wherever he goes when he travels. You know, I just hope his valet, his personal valet, has a good relationship with him and respects <laughs> him and likes him because God only knows where that toothbrush and where that toilet seat has been, you know, right before it gets used. He takes his own food when attending a dinner party sometimes. Does he belch at the end of the meal? <laughs> I don't think Van Halen had a crazy rider like this. Do you? You know what I read over the weekend? That was a joke. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Where's our laugh track? We're supposed to insert some laughter there. But you know what I read over the weekend? Steven Tyler, you know, Aerosmith fame. Speaking right. of crazy writers. Right. You know, he loved like turkey sandwiches and stuff. Right. But he would ask for the freshest roasted bird. And you had to bring it hot right out of the oven to the venue. And it had to be hot. And he had to see you slicing it hot and fresh right in front of him. How do you, you like that? Are you serious? I'm totally serious. And how do you know it's the freshest? How come they just go to a grocery store and get one of those rotisserie birds that are already cooked and bring it to him? Oh, he would know. He would know. <laughs> and then you'd be in major trouble. So it's got to be a homemade turkey, you know, like at Thanksgiving, right out of the oven. And it's got to be served fresh and hot. Right. And of course... The slices have to be moist and tender and delicious in every way. Well, All this is in the writer, my friend. Well, they should call him the Pampered Prince. How do you think he became that way, okay? This is the entire existence of his life. Since right. from the womb to the tomb, this man is going to be pampered, right? That's two days in a row you've used that thing. <laughs> the womb to the tomb. Is you there some you, secret meaning to that? I'm not sure. You must have a tattooed on your arm or something. Tom and Mike. You're going to love this because I know you're a vegetarian, aren't you? No. They just came out with a big article from Scientific Article that said that why eating your greens can give you the blues. It says vegetarians are more miserable, have lower self-esteem, and don't enjoy parties as much as meat eaters. So they're just miserable people. <laughs> you ever notice a vegetarian looks like a deer? No. Why is that? Well, deers don't eat anything. only eat green stuff, too. And they're skinny. Don't you feel bad for the deer in the winter? Well, you know, I always worry about that, but because their skin's so thin, right? Right. And my wife always tells me, they're built that way for a reason, and they must not feel the same kind of, you know, I guess they're true, right? Because I see them sometimes in our backyard, and they'll be laying down with a cold rain, and they don't seem to be bothered by it. So if you're a vegetarian, you're miserable. I wonder if, because you are miserable, if... You make the people around you miserable. It's because they don't have bacon. They don't like bacon. Bacon's the whole key to everything in life, right, pal? You know, Bill Clinton became a vegetarian. I liked him a lot more when he was eating those Big Macs on Saturday Night Live. 
<laughs> you know, but at least vegetarians know what they're eating, unlike us meat lovers. We don't know what kind of meat we're having sometimes, right? What is that stuff that they substitute for meat if you're a vegetarian? To- tofu? Tofu, yeah. That right. is the most disgusting stuff. Do you like tofu? No. God, no. You know, Thomas, once I grated a carrot, a raw carrot, for my salad, and I felt so bad I had to eat another lamb chop. Have you ever tried eating just vegetables? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't hold me. And I have tried tofu. Have you tried tofu? It's disgusting. It shouldn't be called tofu. It should be called toe food. <laughs> like, you know, you know that stuff between your toes? Right. That's what it tastes like. Oh, gosh. Toe food. All right, no more talking about this stuff. It's <laughs> breakfast. Wake up, Lansing. Tom and Mike. This is a Michigan story. I don't even know where this town is. I can't even pronounce it. But anyway, this woman, 54 years old, got stuck in a bathtub for five days. And the only reason she was rescued is her alert mailman saw her mail piling up, knew she lived alone, and then she didn't get out much, and that he contacted authorities. They broke in, and this woman had been in the bathtub for five days. And here's where it gets really strange. She lived for those five days on bath water. Ooh, that's toe food. (laughs) (laughs) After five days, it's more broth than water, isn't it? Yeah, that's so disgusting. Oh, Oh, it is. So how do you get stuck in a bathtub? Was she overweight? Yeah. What kind of bathtub was this? It was a regular bathtub. They had a picture of it on the internet, and it's just a regular bathtub. It was made by that famous brand we all know and love, (laughs) the Houdini. (laughs) But Thomas, couldn't you just roll out? Roll out? Yeah, like put her hands up on the side of the bathtub, push herself, and just roll over the top. She should just put her hands in the air. Do the hokey pokey. <laughs> or she could have had a clapper, right? I wonder if these words came out of her mouth during those five days. I'm bathing and I can't get up. Thomas, that's a crazy story, isn't it? The craziest part is surviving off of your bathwater. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. I'm getting did, a tummy ache just thinking about that. <laughs> she had to go to the bathroom in those five days, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, of oh course. Oh, my God. At least she's clean now, right? You know, we had these workers working in our house recently. I still can't believe I did this. They turned off the water because they had to, you know, put the flooring where the plumbing is. So the water was off all day. I wash my hands constantly, okay? Right. You know, not even thinking the water's off. I go up and get, you know, the dispenser that dispenses the soap. I get a whole bunch of soap on my hands, and then I couldn't get it off because there's no water. Right. So you know what I did? What? I stuck my hands down in the toilet. Oh. <laughs> you know, the toilet had been flushed. I know. But, it's but still. then I thought to myself, well, that was really stupid because, you know, there could be residual stuff in there because you ever notice it doesn't yep. always go all the way down. So I, I thought, I need a do over on this because, yes, you, you know, what I should have done was lifted the top off the tank and put my hands down in that water. That right. water was clean. Don't right? you guys? Don't you What's guys, wrong with me? I don't know. Would don't you smack me? <laughs> oh, don't you guys? Not literally, you dope. <laughs> don't you guys keep some water like in the basement for emergencies? Yeah, you know what? I had bottled water. I guess I could have used that, but that's expensive. Right. I have water in the refrigerator, but it was ice water, so it was too cold. Right. So, yeah, that's what I did. Is that stupid? No, I don't know. But And uh, by the way, you know, we were talking the other day. About that was yesterday, actually. Right. About the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, number right. one at the box office this past weekend. You know, I must have gotten some bad information because 
They were talking about it, TV show, a bunch of pundits, and they said it was one of the best movies about music they ever saw. The reviews from the critics have been mixed, and boy, I just don't get that. It's such a great movie. When you have 95% of the audience loving it, and then 54% of critics don't like it, I say there's something wrong with the stupid critics, right? Right. It's such a great movie. All right, buddy. No, that's not all right. Okay. (laughs) All right, we're going to leave you with this today. Whatever you do, we've been talking about it all morning. You got to get out and vote today. We care. Yes, we care who you vote for, for sure, because we think there's a right way and a wrong way. And let me just say this, because I don't want to get too political. All right. I'm a lifelong Republican. Mike is a lifelong Democrat. All right. So you got the best of both right here. You got Mr. Conservative. You got Mr. Liberal. But this is the one time I break with my party. Not to say that my party is completely wrong, but to say we need to put a check on this president. That's all I'm going to say. Vote any way you want to, but go out and do your patriotic duty and vote today. And then after you vote, make sure you get one of those little stickers. I voted today. And make sure that if there's anybody that you're not sure who's going to vote, make sure that you talk to them If they have trouble getting to the polls or whatever, offer them a ride. This is the most important day today. And let me just add, when you go out and vote, it feels so good. Go back and do it again later in the afternoon. Right, Thomas? (laughs) Tom and Mike.